Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. On today's episode of Hollyweird Paranormal, we will be discussing about pet loss and pet grief and the afterlife of our pets. Do they come back? Are they always with us? And the perfect person to discuss about all these topics is paranormal researcher and author Nicole Strickland. Nicole Strickland has been interested in the supernatural since childhood, and in addition to her innate psychic and empathic abilities, Nicole's experience in the field of counseling, education, psychology, and social work give her a unique perspective on studying the unknown. She is known for her gentle and humble approaches to working with the spirit realms, her clients, and the paranormal field at large. Strickland is one of the leading West Coast afterlife and paranormal researchers. She's the founder and director of the well-respected San Diego Paranormal Research Society and California coordinator to the Ghost Research Society. Damn, Nicole. Nicole is also a consultant to the American Spectral Association. And Nicole also holds a BA degree in media arts journalism from the University of Arizona and an MS in educational counseling from National University. She plans to pursue a PhD in parapsychology. On top of everything, Nicole has written several books, including Field Guide to Southern California Hauntings, The Haunted Queen of the Seas, The Living Legend of the RMS Queen Mary, Spirited Queen Mary, Her Haunted Legend, RMS Queen Mary Voices from Her Voyages, San Diego's Most Haunted, The Historical Legacy and Paranormal Marvels of America's Finest City, Spirits of Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, Max and Kylie, Two Remarkable Felines, Forever Imprinted on My Heart, The Afterlife Chronicles, Exploring the Connection Between Life, Death, and the Beyond, and Women on the Fringe, Groundbreaking Women in the Paranormal with Marie D. Jones and Denise Angnew. So let's get Holly Weird with paranormal researcher, investigator, and author Nicole Strickland. Trigger warning, this episode contains discussions about pet loss and pet grief. If you're struggling with the emotional pain and suffering resulting from the death of your furry companion, there is a hotline that you can reach out to, and it's called Lap of Love Pet Loss and Bereavement Resource Line. You can reach them at 855-352-5683. I don't know how to start this episode because... Mm -hmm. We lost a member of our Hollyweird family. If you've been mm. with us since the very beginning of Hollyweird Paranormal, uh, you would remember that I adopted a beautiful little um, boxer named Mia. And you may mm. have heard her drink her bowl in the middle of our recording. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or sit, timing is everything. 
lick Bryce's feet because she loved mm-hmm. to give you more mm-hmm. attention than me whenever you were yeah, over <laughs> and or you would probably heard her <laughs> her her tags on her collar jingle whenever she you know did her what we called the waka wakas when she would yes. shake <laughs> so um for many of you that have been out of the loop um been now 10 days mia had passed away she had many complications um she was five and a half years old and um she had been misdiagnosed for many years so we were told what was um she had a lot of mucus and we were told oh it's just allergies and then we started to see other red flags um she was eating a lot more she gained weight she gained Mm. a little pot belly she was losing hair um she soon started to lose um, interest in playing and walking. And I mean, we tried everything. We tried taking her to mm-hmm. different vets. We tr- even, we even went to Mexico and we got something mm-hmm. there. And then we were finally put in contact with this amazing internal doctor who ended up finding out that Mia had Cushing's in the pituitary. And then wow. she had um, HGE, which is a GI infection inflammation. Mm-hmm. And she also had chronic to severe rhinitis, which was the cause of her um, mucus. And she Mm. was misdiagnosed with allergies before then and hyperthyroidism. And yeah, so like our guest story that you're going to hear, it's like right when we were about to put her on all these treatments, it was already too late. Um, She had succumbed to pneumonia and that led to other complications that definitely did her in and she passed last week on Wednesday and Um, I know so I'm surprised I'm not breaking down yet but it was a pretty um, unexpected and horrific loss Mm -hmm. and um, one of the things that I learned Mm -hmm. from Mia is grief and um, especially anticipatory grief because a month before her passing, mm. I just felt like this could be it. And it was, mm. um, but yeah, I but I, know. yeah, but I feel like this is also like a precursor for me and my mom, who's not also not doing too well right. with her Parkinson's, but it's preparing me for what's to come. And I'm, I'm yeah. kind of getting there myself, but that's so important to talk about, like how grief is not something that occurs once the event happens, there is a, a pre-grief that is sort of wrapped up and it's the journey. All of it is part yeah. of the journey. So we want to talk about these things as if they're reactionary, but that's not like really the full picture of what happens. Like we as humans understand grief in the abstract and in concrete ways and those sort of intermingle with each other in such like unfortunately very difficult but very like powerful ways mm-hmm. most yeah. definitely and, like, and so many things are like we talk about uh it's energy it's the journey it's the process like these things all weave together in ways that unfortunately we don't always understand because five years is obviously a very short amount of time mm-hmm. but you know she was so full of love and full of like life yeah, she definitely was. If you knew her, you met her, you just know that she yeah. loved you. You may yeah. have seen her in the live show. She was at our live show at Heritage <laughs> yeah. Square. Yes, she was and the star of the show. 
She was the star of a show. At one point, <laughs> when I started talking, my husband was like, "When you started talking on stage, she went straight to like she was oh, trying then. to pull the leash she to go." Ready. Like, oh, there she yeah. is. Hello. And I just remember at one point, like looking over at her and just seeing her, and she was bathed in this like little golden spotlight in the in the yeah. And just looking at her and seeing how proud she was, like, oh, yeah, I told you guys I was going to cry, <laughs> but who um... did this to Tammy? One of our <laughs> listeners is in trouble. They are fired. But yeah, that's, that was who yeah. she was. She was a very was um, selfless dog, but selfish mm-hmm. when you, when it came to cheese its she loved cheese. Okay. Well, who, who isn't? Come on. <laughs> <I know. laughs> She embodied all of us. She loved to eat and drink. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> but she was a very resilient Mascota. and very loving animal. Yeah. And she is definitely going to be missed. And um, the other topic that we'll be touching too, aside from yes. pet grief and loss is afterlife. Do our pets mm-hmm. come back? And we've talked about this, Bryce, many times mm-hmm. on other episodes, especially the yeah. listeners' tales. We've heard it from our yes. listeners how like they've gotten visitations from past loved ones, especially mm-hmm. their furry loved ones, too. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys will hear in this episode a couple of things happened to myself and Bryce. Um, something yeah. happened to me before the interview. I was recording something on TikTok. Yes. And I was asking the questions, do pets come back in the afterlife? And mm-hmm. I got a confirmation. So you'll hear that in the episode. And then mm-hmm. Bryce, um, Finn did, did something weird in the it's middle of the but... <laughs> <laughs> Look, if it's weird for him, like we just, I don't know how many people follow what's been happening <laughs> in Southern California, but we recently had a quote unquote hurricane, which was, it did not, it was not a hurricane. But oh, not, yes. <laughs> uh, and then we had an earthquake amidst said tropical storm. Oh, so we were having yeah. quite a lot. And like people always talk about like, oh, our animals like knew something. He could not have been bought. He will not warn me if there's an earthquake or a tidal like i'm gonna die for sure because he was just under (laughs) his blanket living his best life i was like did we just have an earthquake laid out like (laughs) so if it's weird for him it's very weird because he could not be less concerned about existing so yeah but he did something out of the ordinary that i mean the many times that we've had like uh, our zoom interviews or if i recorded oh, yeah. there yeah he's never displayed this type of behavior before which was really really interesting yeah. and, and like the timing of it was super weird because i wasn't the one talking and i'm wearing my headphones so he can't hear you mm-hmm, uh, light pretty- spoiler i guess i don't know skip ahead if you don't want to hear this but uh it was interesting because it was when you were talking about the peace that you were feeling on the walk and that's all <laughs> excuse me that's all I'll say so that people cannot have it spoiled or whatever. But that's it's been a very interesting that he was doing what he was doing while you were talking about that experience because he wasn't even listening to me. I mean, he's he's not listening to me right now. He's under his blanket like he's not paying attention. <laughs> so it's just very interesting that that was happening while you were talking about that. So I don't know. What a weird little guy. I know. What a weird little dude. But, I mean, <laughs> there was a lot of weird things that were going on before yes. and during. So I think I mentioned this either, mm. but um, people even asked to, has Mia 
sent me signs. And I know mm-hmm. that our animals who, who have passed over definitely send us signs. And there's two very small ones I wanted to share real quickly before we go into the interview. So the first one was yeah. the day after Mia's passing, I was staying with my friend in our old neighborhood, the pocket. And if you guys remember my old neighborhood, I've done a couple of investigations there and mm-hmm. we had a lot of friends there because of Mia. That was the neighborhood that she was raised in. And we ran yeah. into a neighbor who, you know, we ended up talking to and it turned out she lost an animal like a month prior. And I told her about Mia and we, mm-hmm. you know, cried, we embraced, we talked. Aww. And in the middle of talking to her about Mia and what happened, there was this like June bug flying over us. It scared my friend and my neighbor. They were screaming. But for me, I was like calm because like, eh, I grew up in the South. I'm used to all these insects. <laughs> True. You know, I've, I lived in Honduras for a couple of months. So I'm used to seeing all these things. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's actually one of my favorite insects is the June bug beetle. I, I mm. love beetles, especially like the Egyptian symbolism of the beetle. Mm. It's very fascinating. Yeah. But um, this beetle... Mm flew and it landed on my stomach and it was this green beautiful beetle and it just like stayed there for several Mm. minutes I ended up you know petting its back it was beautiful and soft and then it flew away and I said thank you and then my friend's like that might be Mia I'm like I don't know the beetle she's like you never know I mean there could be a symbolism to it so I texted my friend another friend of mine I took a picture of that beetle on my stomach I texted her that picture later in the day and she messaged me with this um she found a link and she said the symbolism of a june bug beetle especially a green june bug beetle is um it symbolizes abundance renewal revival and rebirth wow and it's a good luck charm so i was like oh my god that's really interesting um another thing that happened to kind of correlates what just happened when i was recording this video earlier um so I was in the house by myself and part mm. of my, I guess my grief journey is like, I was thinking maybe mm. I could donate my time to a boxer rescue. So wow. I was online with the boxer rescue LA to read their volunteer information. And then I went on their adoption list just to see their dogs. And oh. there was this one dog named Azalea that looked identical to Mia. And I was just gushing over this dog and how Crazy. identical she looked like to Mia And out of nowhere, I heard this very loud knock behind me on the wooden staircase. And it made me jump and turn around because the house makes noises, but this was a different noise. And it's very similar to the one that I heard earlier before our interview. And I was, for some reason, I said, Mia, don't worry. Don't be jealous. I'm not (laughs) going to replace you because when Mia was alive, I could never pen another animal in front of her. I could never, yeah, I can never be near one. She always got jealous. So I feel that that was probably her being a little jealous and telling me, hey, mom, snap out of it. You know, (laughs) like, no, 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 not right now. Exactly. So those are the two little things that I noticed. And then now the third one was what happened to me that I'll talk about in this interview. And, um, yeah, especially Nicole. But yeah, our pets do oh, come back. We're a firm believer of that. They do give us mm-hmm. signs. And if we're open to it, we can definitely be able to read those signs and take them into recognition. But you've also gone through pet loss and pet grief. Like what was your journey? Like? Yeah. 
That's very interesting. Um, I kind of talk about this in the episode and I've talked about this before. My experience is like our dog growing up, it you really it was really like my parents' dog. I was mm-hmm. very active in high school, especially. Like I would leave the house at like 5 a.m. and I would not get back until like 10 p.m. So like you just don't realize the number of hours that like you're not there. And like it was, it was our family dog, like of course, but she really was my parents' dog in many ways. Um, and it wasn't until I got Finn that I was like, oh, this is like my, mine and my roommates, but really my dog. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this in the episode as well. And my ex-boyfriend, whatever else he was, <laughs> uh, he he did do, he, you know, he would do some tarot and some like astrology and numerology and things like that. Uh and one of the things that came up a lot was I just always would get I I always pull a lot of cups in tarot. It's very specific. Interesting. Like she's a cup girl. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of cups pull for me, uh, and it's very intense because it's like, how many times can the universe like tell me the same thing? And like yes. I get it, thank <laughs> you. Which I guess is like I'm not learning the lesson, so that's on me. Uh, but one thing that often, if not every time, comes up is that, like, the page of swords, the page of cups are both, like, very prominent in all of my times getting pulled. Like, to the point where, like, the card will jump out. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it's very intense. Uh, and my ex-boyfriend used to always say, and again, grain of salt this, but he would always say like, that is Finn in your life, like where it would manifest in the chart. A lot of the time would be like companion pet type numerology, I guess, or tarot. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, Mm, again the source is a little tricky because i think he also sometimes would like manipulate the deck to like say what he (laughs) wanted it to say so like grain of salt all of this but the reason i bring all that up is that like finn is very like much my like there is something there that's like very intense uh and connected so yes i have gone through pet grief um it's just different it's just different when you're a kid because it's sad it's so sad it's still like super impacting but it's just it for us it was like like I was in college and I've been away for a couple of years and yeah it was just different so it's I think it's just tougher when it's yours you know yes when you have more and of a then, stronger connection because like you said I mean that dog was more your parents dog yeah. like they're the ones that took sister, care of it more boyfriend, yeah totally yeah, sister and her boyfriend did just go through, and it's very interesting. We actually always have. We kind of talk about this in the episode. I'm just going to spoil the whole episode for everybody. <laughs> um, we talked about this in the episode, but we have always been uh, a get a dog kind of family. I remember like, after yeah. the fact. Yeah, and for us, uh, it's very interesting because Nicole, our guest on this episode, see, I can segue. Um, <laughs> she talks about like honoring their legacy, and for us my experience has been having a dog has really helped fill the silence not replace them but the silence has always been very difficult oh my god that is what we're going through yeah yes you your house feels so empty it is so quiet the day that i woke up in this house and didn't hear mia 
didn't smell Even her the little things like you just like <sighs> i will be recording you're just like hearing the little chomp crunch 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 i'm like what yeah. are you chewing on i don't know um so w- we have had that experience and then my sister and her boyfriend their german shepherd died uh oh. almost two years ago now and they now have two german shepherd rescues and Aww. it's just been for them it's been a catalyst to channel their grief and like they still feel their original dog i mean he was 12 which for a german shepherd is like crazy um they still like feel him and they still see things in him and like the dogs that they have now never met him but they've like manifested some of his habits and behaviors and like places in the house that he like loved they love so i think yeah it's just again i think nicole said it so beautifully but like everyone grieves differently and the ways that we need to grieve the universe will then provide you with that manifestation so like for my sister and her boyfriend I think they really needed more guardians in their house and they got the two that like they were supposed to have. So it's just amazing. It's so crazy how it manifests depending on like what you need. Speaking of the universe providing the cat universe Mm. agency has been working overtime girl. So it's chaos. Two days before, like even a month before Mia's passing, like we, Mm. I found a kitten on my doorstep um we have these feral cats all over our house and there's two that since me is passing has been sitting with me outside like they just come Uh, and they hang and they sit they're really cute they They do and um i mean i sometimes feed them and i talk to them always like give them the like you know the baby talk and they love it but um there's even oh my god when i had to pick me up from the hospital before her passing um I had a litter of kittens born in our backyard. I was, oh my God. I was like, I'm, we're coming out of the car, going through <laughs> the patio. Insane. And I hear, I'm like, no, I lift up the, the chair cover of our patio oh chair God. and there's six of them. And their mom like skedaddles. And I'm like, no, 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 come back, come back. I can't, <laughs> ah, I, can't do this. Yeah. I know. I'm like, this is too much. And um, eventually she came by and picked a majority of them up but there's one that she didn't pick up and she waited like an hour to pick her up and i almost a part of me almost wanted to go and grab that little kitten because it was so adorable and i thought that the mom left it there on purpose and mia was like scratching at the sliding door when she's like i want to go take care of it i'm like no no no. (laughs) the reason why i can't have cats because my husband and i'm like thinking animals are a divorce okay um (laughs) (laughs) i mean like this was like the second or third time the um cat universe agency has sent many of its agents and it's like maybe i don't know i think they were like girl you're gonna need these cats because something's gonna happen yeah. and yeah, yeah. So, i mean we're but... in a similar boat because we i cannot I, I can it depends my allergies are pretty bad uh we're in the same boat we just have cats around us mm-hmm. all the time even like what today today's friday on like wednesday i woke up and like opened my window and there's just a cat sitting in our alleyway staring at me i'm like okay you're like what are you doing why no, are you we're here? not doing this no yeah it's, like, not, it's mm. not your not sue casa no no yeah. no, no. Mm-hmm. yeah and we've had one that's like leaving birds on our porch which is them being like you're a bad hunter like let me help you i'm like thank you <laughs> yeah. stop leaving birds on our porch like what is happening you know 
we figure you like pheasants. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's like, that's like they think you're a bad hunter. Watch, they're so gonna they, you like, like a bunch of help cups. you. <laughs> oh, if, if there's a cup, I will. I will lose my mind. No, thank you. Thank you. I'm good. I don't. I'm tired of learning this lesson. Thank you. Yes, but talking about it has been a really great source of processing. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know my grief and just in grief in general. And I mean, if it's anything that I I want people to take away from this episode mm-hmm. is that people are grieving with you. It's okay to reach out. It's okay to talk yes. about it you might run into that one asshole that's like, well, it's just an animal. That's not your friend. That is not your friend. Sorry. You don't, need, people, that kind of you don't need that kind of negativity. That is not your friend. But um, you'll also hear, you know, a couple podcast suggestions that I recommend people mm, to listen yeah. to when they're going through this process and, um, and so on and so forth. So friends, you are not alone if you're going through pet loss and pet grief. And everyone's been so sweet. All the people that are messaging and sharing their story. I just think all we have is like each other and the stories that we tell each other. And exactly beautiful. The people that have shared their stories with us and shared their grief with us. Like it's just really special. It is. We have special listeners. I've always really do. And I appreciate every single one of you guys who has literally reached out and messaged me and sent your condolences and sent your experiences. It really has helped me out a lot. And I really, I really do appreciate it. Mia does appreciate it. So Bryce, are we ready for this interview? Yeah, I've already spoiled the whole thing. So, <laughs> yes, <you did. laughs> well, guys, let's sit back and talk to Nicole Strickland, paranormal Ooh. researcher, author, mother of cats, and even ghost kittens. Um, oh, yeah. And let's hear her tales. And you're definitely going to hear some more tales because we have something about Mary. We're going to be touching on the Queen Mary ship mm-hmm. because she has yes. written a couple books on the Queen Mary. So, yes, you get yes. two for two. All right, Love guys. It. So, let's meet Nicole Strickland. Welcome back, guys, to Hollywood Paranormal. You heard the intro. We have paranormal researcher, mother of cats, the cat ghost, dog ghost whisperer. We have mm-hmm. Nicole Strickland here with us. And Ooh. we are so excited to have her talk about so much on today's episode about her cats mm-hmm. that have passed over and now are making constant visitations. And of course, um, pet loss and pet grief. And Mm. her book, The Afterlife Chronicles. And of course, we're going to end it with some Queen Mary information. Nicole also has several books out written about the Queen Mary. She also has a lot of experiences on that ship. And we are all here for it. Welcome to our podcast, Nicole. Oh, my gosh, guys. Thank you so much for having me tonight. It's such a delight to meet you. Yes, Love your podcast. Great yeah. work. So it really is an honor to be here. So thank you so We're much. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. We are. Me We're too. truly excited. So as everybody has heard, um, we had the passing of our mascot, Mia Marie mm. Chavez. Our little five-year-old mm. boxer had passed away literally almost 10 days ago. It was unexpected. She had a lot of problems, a lot of complexities in her system, and she fought mm. a good fight. And unfortunately, um, this really did her in. But as we were talking 
earlier, guys, I was on the phone doing a TikTok about the afterlife of pets and about this episode to promote on mm. our Instagram. And something weird happened. I was just talking to Nicole and Bryce about this because I still have goosebumps. I'm still shaking about this. And um, many of you have even messaged me. Has Mia brought you any signs or has visited mm. you? She has, she has, but this one was the biggest. So as I was recording this TikTok, the question I asked before going into the video was, do our pets come back to visit us? And before I could even finish the the rest of the question, I heard a, a loud knock on my left. Like it was on the left side of this table. It wasn't the house. It was on the table. And wow. I think that that was definitely a confirmation from Mia that she's like, hey, bitch, I'm here. So <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know if she quite said that, but yeah, she said, I'm done. I'm kidding. And that I is... quote, direct quote. Maybe she did. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that is so heartwarming. And, you know, mm. first and foremost, my condolences. I know Thank how hard you. it is. Yeah. I think saying goodbye to a beloved animal is perhaps the, one of the hardest, if not the hardest experiences we have to endure really? sometimes harder than losing our human friends and family members right even so well yeah. let's 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 pick up and get into this nicole pet loss and pet grief and the afterlife drop us some knowledge you have a book the afterlife chronicles nicole strickland and you also have had many experiences growing up as a child based on what i've written uh, read on your in your book You've had many visitations. You have the gift of sight. And it seems like your furry loved ones are definitely making communication with you to this very, very day. We have a couple of ghost stories that you're ready to share with us that our listeners are <laughs> definitely ready to hear, especially for our cat lovers. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I am the cat lady. At one time, I had five cats. Okay. <laughs> one of my mom's coworkers had, I think, 12 at one time. So they're just... Animals are so phenomenal. I mm. I've never not had an animal actually oh. in my life. So it's it's I I can't even imagine my life without one. And uh, the afterlife, you know, I it, I will say that my cat specifically. I mean, because of the 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 hour long episode, I'm going to mainly focus with Max and Kaylee, mm. which were two litter mate cats, a brother and sister, obviously that I adopted after the 2003 wildfires. And oh, wow. I do believe it was interesting the day that I picked them up at Petco, or the day that I was introduced to them, it was in a Petco and the Petco wasn't actually the stop I was going to make, but something, mm. something inside me said, stop here and just check. So I walk in the door and they're right in the center in their little, you know, temporary homes sat these two kittens. They were about three months old at the time. And wow. I, was so drawn to them and I believe they were drawn to me too. And at one point, and I renamed them, of course, Kaylee and Max and Kaylee actually was sitting on top of Max and reached her paw out to me. Oh wow. my and God. so the, the connection, <laughs> it's so hard to put in words, but the connection was so strong immediately. And I do feel that the three of us belong to the same soul group. There's just a very, very deep connection. And don't get me wrong. I have loved all my animals. Mm. Absolutely. But there was something and is something I should say very, very special about the relationship that we that we have. And so um, to keep wow. it kind of short, Max actually passed away in 2016 from cardiomyopathy. And so oh. it was a very traumatic night because it was even though he was diagnosed 
he the doctor gave him a good prognosis you know with medication mm-hmm. he can live for you know another several years so it was about four nights after his medication and <sighs> he uh started hyperventilating and crying on my bed so i my mom it came and rushed him and me to the animal hospital and so they took him back and they said well it could be a reaction to his beta blockers or it could be heart failure well, of course, it turned out to be the latter, and it was heart failure. Now, oh. something interesting happened that night, and this has to do with synchronicity, and it's actually rather beautiful. So while mm. they were assessing him in the back, my mom and I sat out in the waiting room, and of course, they had overhead speakers and songs were playing. The song Endless Love started playing mm. as the doctor came out. I could see the hallway from where I was sitting. As he came out of the door, I could tell by the look on his face that it wasn't good. He came to me and said, I am so sorry, but Max wow. is, is in heart failure. And with that song, Endless Love, playing in the background, that was just one of the first of several synchronicities with Max. And so it was the following day that uh, I had to honor his rite of passage because it just he was epoxic and everything. I believe that's the word. And he just losing his oxygen. And so it was hard. I had like a 45 consultation, 45 minute consultation with the doctor. And so we collectively decided, yes, it's his time. And I had to honor that. And that's one mm. of the, the the most important and special things you can do for your animal, even though you don't want to hold, hold on to them if it's going to hurt them or harm them. So I honored his rite of passage, went in there with mm. him, and it was a very, very peaceful, utterly peaceful passing. And uh, they wrapped him in a nice little blanket after mm-hmm. and gave us some time in a quiet room to be with him. Mm-hmm. And I started having dream visitations with him shortly after as well, oh. where he would appear to me even that night coming home. I, I heard him meow. Now, maybe that was me. Maybe it was some sort of projection because I was missing him so much. I don't know. Mm. But uh, moving on to Kaylee. Now, Kaylee and I, Kaylee lasted until for another six years after. So wow. she was 18 and a half, actually, no, 19 and a half. Nope. 18 and a half. Sorry. Years <laughs> when she passed and she had diabetes in the last three years of her life, diabetes, hyperthyroidism, oh, and they baby. found a little nodule on her lung, which was a very oh. slow growing cancer. What ended up taking her was a different form of cardiomyopathy that max had so uh i was able after she was in the hospital to to take her home for a few days Mm. and have these golden moments and i told her i said kaylee when it's your time you let me know i want you to let me know and there was one morning it was a sunday december 19th 2021 wow when she came and she had hardly any energy but she got up walked into my room was able to jump on the bed and she got into her little cat bed and looked at me just straight in the eyes and I knew I knew she was letting me know so we made the arrangements to take her and on the way over there and I have an EVP that I can play after um, and I'll share the story about it but on the way over there I had her in my lap and the sun was shining against Mm. her back my mom was driving and I just her and I just kept looking at each other just staring at each other the entire way there so we get there and one of her favorite veterinarians happened to be there and and was with us during the transition he was even crying i mean this is how special this this little girl was uh because she had made several trips over there with all of her uh disorders and stuff and so uh very peaceful transition Mm. right after it was just a series of synchronicities light at the end of the hallway shining brighter than ever 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 before that i could see 
Uh, my mom and I went to In-N-Out Burger on the way home. We mm. weren't even hungry, but we stopped there. And then on the way back from that, we turned a corner and I just happened to look up at a billboard and the, and it showed a finger, like the index finger touching a big, bright orb of light. And I mm. was like, wow, it was starting right then and there. Then came the series of dream visitations. And I've had about 16 of them and it, since that time. And it was about two nights after her passing that she uh, showed herself. I saw her on my desk. I was able to uh, kneel down and feel her and pet her and talk to her. But these other types of dream visitations that I've had, and again, there have been mm. about 16 of them. I don't, I can't really explain. I know they're dream visitations, but it's something interesting that happens. It's always in the same environment. So if you had a camera on me, I probably wouldn't be moving. Mm. But in this dream state, it's the same environment as when I went to sleep. I'm laying in my bed, the lights are off, and I feel her jump up on my bed. Oh, wow. I can hear her meow. She walks up on the bed. I'm mm. I'm moving my arms and I'm able to feel certain parts of her. Sometimes it's her tail. Other times it's her, her back. There have been times in each dream is a little different, but there have been times where I she cuddles next to me and lays next to me or sits on my chest. There was uh -huh. one dream where I'm, I was able to pick her up, hold her in my arms and talk to her. And it's as real as if. I'm actually really awake and she's really alive in the physical. And wow. so what I think may be going on is that maybe somehow she's able to spiritually come down to our level, but I'm slightly astrally projecting out of my body. And so we're meeting on that plane. I have never, ever experienced this with any other animal or a person before. Wow. And it's just so tremendously beautiful. And I, I, you know, and I, I'm wondering if listeners, other listeners have had this, but it's, it's just so profound and so real. So they're not just dreams. These are dream mm. visitations. That is really what helped me to heal. Mm. And I'll, I'll share this EVP, but I want to uh, share the story about it. So I have a podcast, the afterlife chronicles right now it's on hiatus, but I decided to do a uh, a little in memoriam mm. um, podcast or show for her in honor of Kaylee one week after her passing. So I was in the middle of doing the show and I was bringing my mom on at the time when she was talking about how she drove us over there and how Kaylee was in my lap and we were looking at each other. And then I, my mom pointed out in that segment that I said, Oh, while we were on the way to taking Kaylee home, I said, taking Kaylee home, I meant going to the hospital, but my mom brought that up because she said, you know what you said, Nicole, you mm. said going home, which she really was. But there, there was a part in there where Kaylee meows, which I did not hear live. Wow. And ver I verified at the time that our other cat absolutely was sleeping, was not awake during this time. And it's so localized to the microphone. I can play it if you guys want. Wow. I don't know how clear it's going to sound. But it repeats, yeah. it repeats like three times. And she had a very kind of a high pitched meow. This, it sounds like a meow, but it's not quite the same as her voice, which, you know, is common sometimes with, with EVP and, and yeah. they're, they're trying to vocalizations. come through. Yeah. They're, they're right. trying to come through. So it's going to be a little tweaky in a way. It's not going right. to be as day. <laughs> it's very rare. Exactly. 
Exactly. Right. So hopefully this will sound okay. And no, if not, I apologize. So here we go. Then, you can always forward it to us and we can always insert it. I, I was just going to, th- yeah, I was just going to ask you to see read each other's mind. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here we go again. It repeats. Let's see. Sunlight was glistening on her back, keeping her warm. And at that point, I'm going to bring in my mom, Norma Strickland, because she wants to share what she observed on the car ride over there. And then we'll get to the actual transition. Mom, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Nicole. Do you know what you just said? You said on the way home. She, she... I just said on the way home. See that? But, on the but, way but home. Now, why would I have said home. that? I meant on the way to the... But she was going home, Nicole. She was That's... going home. See that? Oh, I heard she it. was going home, Nicole. She was That's... going home. See that? And then... Yeah. But she was going home, Nicole. She was That's... going home. See that? So you hear that little, and the last one, I just stretched a little bit, but you yeah. hear that. Oh, and it sounds I, electronic. Yeah. It's, I didn't hear that live. Yeah. And so I was like, wow. And she used to sit up on the desk when I would do these shows. <laughs> yep. So um, yeah, these dream visitations are just so, so profound. And it is my hope that every animal lover can have this experience it's actually taught me more about the afterlife. It's, it's mm. taught me, it's just, it's, it's so inspirational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 100%. I know a lot of people have had experiences like this mm-hmm. and um, have felt their animals, you know, do things in the afterlife of what they used to do in uh, while they were living. Um, right. There's actually an, an email message that I want to share with you. I was going to sure. share this towards the end, but um when I announced Mia's passing, we received this mm. message and I'm, oh. it's, 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 it parallels with your, um, with your mm. story too. So it says, hi there. I really hope you see my message. I too lost my furry friend recently and it's the worst pain I have ever experienced. I'm sorry for your loss. And I know how broken it leaves us since they aren't physically here with us anymore. I really wanted to share my experience and what made me believe even more in the afterlife. Three months after my dog, Ganielo, passed, I swear I could still feel his presence and his paws laying by my feet at night. I had a routine where I would call for him over our camera anytime we weren't home. Mm -hmm. So basically, what I'm trying to say is that he would always run to the room after I called his name out loud. I missed him so much and had a very hard time accepting that I would never see him again. So I thought what I could, what, so I thought what could hurt if I could try talking over the camera. Now that I saw the camera was on, Mm. I never expected it, but it definitely made me realize that even though he's gone physically, spiritually, he's still with me. I Mm. would really like to send you the videos very soon. Thank you again. Love, Canielo. Wow. Wow. And that right there brings up a good point. And I know how hard, debilitating in a way, how hard it is to physically say goodbye to a loved mm-hmm. one, whether it's a friend, a, a relative, a coworker. Of course, we're talking about animals, you know, our beloved animals. Mm-hmm. But something happened to me, and I don't know if this parallels what this person wrote in, in uh, their email. Mm-hmm. It's almost, I started to get this feeling of, okay, well, 
Kaylee and Max aren't with me anymore, but I felt this is going to sound so weird. It's going to sound cheesy. I know because it's hard to explain, but it's like I felt them enter me. Mm. I felt them enter my soul and become such an interwoven part of my fabric that that almost helps me to deal with the physical missing them physically Mm. like they're always always a part of me oh yeah and it's a feeling it's a visceral state that you get to in in your your stages of grieving and once you get there i mean it it, the it's it's like it's a peaceful feeling is what Mm. i'm trying to say that's the feeling i got um when mia died it was six minutes before it was six minutes before I got the call. Uh, I was going on a walk um, with my friend's dog. I was walking her dog while Mia was getting the blood transfusion mm. because she had turned anemic. Um, mm. She had suffered GI bleeding, which is what did her in. And it was mm. just too late. And she suffered an aneurysm. So um, oh literally, I think the moment that she passed, I felt, and I think you can confirm this too, Nicole, um, and anyone that's listening, I felt this utter warmth and peace for Mm. just this one minute or two minute. I can't even remember the time, but it was just like this moment of serenity and warmth and peace. And it's like the world and the atmosphere around me just silenced. Mm. Yes. um, Yes. Then I went into the house and then a minute after I entered, I got the call from the hospital. And that's when the doctor said that she had passed and we've been performing CPR and on on her for six minutes. Oh my gosh. And I said, and I was just so calm. Like my friend was witnessing me, you know, converse on the speakerphone with this doctor. And I said, Dr. Arnbell, it's done. She's done. Mm. Like, that's it. Six minutes of CPR. She still hasn't recessed. Like she hasn't revived. No, she's done. I think we're, I think it's time to let her go. And Mm. she understood. And she, she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you did everything that you could. And I was very calm. I was like, super calm on the phone. And of course, when I hung up, my friend was like, I would have lost it, but I don't know how you held it together. And I'm like, I'm going to lose it right now. And I just blacked out. So yeah, that's the moment. What you just explained validates now what I felt. Mm. Right. And it's, yeah, it's, you can't, it's hard to, I mean, you can explain it, Mm -hmm. but you have to experience. It's one of those things that has to be experienced. It's Mm. not necessarily the explaining of it. It's the experience of it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have thoughts of this too. I, I honestly feel that you might've connected with her transitioning at that moment. And that's what it felt like it was peace that she was feeling. Yeah. I think it was that she was transitioning because that was literally, that was like the, right at that moment, I realized on the, on the timestamp of the call. And mm-hmm. the moment that I felt that feeling, it was exactly those six minutes that they were, you know, trying to apply CPR. And I was like, oh my God, that must've been the moment she pieced out. And probably that is what I was feeling was probably her and, totally. and her transition. Yeah. I have like goosebumps. I mean, it's almost like, a, I almost like want to cry right now just because it's, it's a beautiful moment, even though it's so hard and difficult. That's, that's a beautiful moment right there. Yeah. So let's talk more about the afterlife and kind of what people have perceived Mm -hmm. um, with the term, the afterlife people out there have different beliefs of what happens to our consciousness and our soul pass. Some people don't believe that we'll come back to the world, but we're automatically reincarnated. Um, What are your thoughts in terms of like what happens to that part of us that passes on? 
And yeah, that's and- a good question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, I've always been the firm believer um, and Bryce can chime in too. Like, is there yeah. this piece sorry, of something, this, like, something this really, piece sorry to interrupt. <laughs> something so weird is like happening. Mm. Oh my God. Nicole, what are you doing to us? What is what happening? Doing, I am Nicole? sitting here talking with you guys, every, having a good remember, time. Price, remember you were even mentioning your house might have a little ghost. It's yeah. Like, what it's happened? not my house. It's my dog. I don't know. He's just very like, something's happening. What All is right. he doing? Well, oh he, he like stares at me a lot anyway but he's like sitting you kind of tell me you know how like the office is like diagonal to the living room he is like on the corner of the couch just like staring at me sorry does he usually do that does he usually do that bryce kind of not like that i don't know something weird oh my gosh but you've never but bryce you've never reacted like this nor has finn ever done something like this during an interview so bizarre i mean maybe what are you doing (laughs) i don't know nothing yeah sorry it's just that he like you know he's quite small so he like popped up on the couch but he's just like sitting on the like corner back and he's just like staring at me i'm wondering i'm wondering if mia's present i don't know has she been here i don't remember He's never Warrants been here, me. but she remembers you, Bryce. She always loved oh, you. Oh, yeah. That's she always remembers how know. she tried to jump on you. Yeah, I know. Every time we record, I'd always, like, come away. I'm like, I'm like, so like, wet. Nyo, like, nyo, oh. nyo, nyo. Yeah, just the timing is very interesting. Like, when we were talking, he's just so, like, intense. And in fairness, yes, he actually does. My ex-boyfriend used to say that he was my, like, page of swords. Because uh, he would pull the tarot and he would always, like, it would always come up uh oh and i gosh. have always felt like, like i'll be doing stuff and i'll like look and he'll just be staring at me so that is not what's unusual it's just the timing is like the timing oh. of it see there's yeah. that synchronicity yeah. again we were talking anyway about. sorry sorry no but I, I, I oh my gosh I justify this guys like bryce has never stopped an interview like this based on something yeah. that you know finn is I'm doing finn deeply is always professional <laughs> A this is journalist. so i love this right now i know with what happened with me earlier energy and, is yeah. so yeah I, gosh yeah the I, energy I, is just in sync and i tell you this too nicole i mean we even talked about this too like i'm not a believer of coincidences anymore but i'm not either and it was so yeah. crazy because um, out of the blue one night while mourning Mia, I came across um, the, I think it's called the Rainbow Connection. Uh, the, the Oh, the Bridge Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking for it, guys. So I'm going to plug this in. Um, if you are suffering um, with pet grief or pet loss, there mm-hmm. are several podcasts out there. And the one that I found Nicole on was a really beautiful one. It's called the Rainbow Bridge Connection Pet Loss Support Podcast. It's hosted by Yeah, Kate. that was a really it's a really good one. That's how I actually found Nicole. And it just so happened mm-hmm. to be the first episode that I played. I just like pressed any episode and it was Nicole. Yeah. And then see there, see, there you go. There's that synchronicity again. Yeah, Why does you need it? Yeah, with, it, it was crazy. Mia. And I that episode helped me go to sleep that night. And I remember the next day. Oh my gosh. Can, Bryce can tell you, mm-hmm. like, I messaged him, like, we're going to have this girl come yeah. on. I'm going to message her. What <laughs> yeah, do you I was like, this is happening. 
What do you feel I about got your message? <laughs> what I do you feel like, about yes, doing you an episode? Fun. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know if I want to record. I'm really, I'm in grieving, but I'm like, no, I feel like yeah. we need to do this. Like, this is not only talking my- about it helps. Yeah, it does. Talking and- about it helps. Kayla's wonderful, and I remember. I think there were some spots in that podcast where I was cutting out. I think I was having Wi-Fi issues, but she said it, it didn't really affect it too much. No, but yeah, no, she's wonderful. Her podcast I, is great. But I think something was happening during that recording with you. Too. Who like- knows? I mean, I, gosh, <laughs> it's so nutty, but, um, I mean, there is a thing of synchronicities and I mean, mm-hmm. let's chat a little more about the afterlife. Like, what do you believe happens to our consciousness or our souls after we pass and not just us, but also our pets? Where, where do you think we reside afterwards? Yeah, I, this is a really good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, there's all kinds of different beliefs about it. You know, it's interesting how different cultures may have slightly different beliefs in what should be done mm-hmm. to the body after where we go or what that's called. But there's this universal interest and intrigue in what happens to us when we die. Where do we go? And this this almost universal belief in, well, okay, well, it seems as though we do not go to nothingness, that something mm. else happens and we live on. So based on my experiences throughout my life, being a paranormal investigator, even before that, I, and I I should have backed up because you know, the term old soul, I can't even Mm -hmm. tell you how many people have told me, oh, you're, you're an old soul, blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) I I think I believe it and I feel it. So I almost feel like, okay, maybe this isn't my first rodeo. I know that sounds weird, Mm. but there's just such an interest there in studying the afterlife. But I, I do believe that, that while our physical bodies go, our energy goes somewhere and disperses out into the universe. I do believe that our souls evolve after we mm. physically die. They go through the ranks of spirithood, you know, soul maturity, uh, all of that. So I do believe in that. And uh, just in talking to people and hearing their stories and just with my own encounters with deceased loved ones, not just my animals, but family and friends that have passed on, I you know, it's it's not a concrete field. You know, it's not like w- mm. when you deposit a check in the bank, you get that check confirmation. Mm. Okay, your check has been deposited. We don't have that per se. So there's that gray area. But I think there's enough uh, story. There's, a, there's enough encounters from around the world and people's mm. stories and all of that. And a lot of these scientists and these researchers researching what happens to consciousness when we pass on. NDEs, for example, mm. near-death experiences, yes. there's enough there to suggest, okay, we do live on. Where that is, some call it heaven, some call it enlightenment, some may call it prana, but I, we do go on. And what's interesting about near-death experiences from across the world here, mm. there have been many studies on it, but people from different ages, different backgrounds, different ethnicities and cultures they all describe similar traits of an NDE. So a life in review, going to a a type of terrain or type of environment with vivid colors more so than what we see on earth, Mm. Uh, landscapes that they can shape or match according to their culture, Uh, altruism, like a loss Mm. of material greed, uh, just a piece of an all- loving sense that they don't want to return back to the physical. These are traits that are just for years have been described. So there's something there. 
And uh, there have been many studies, but for example, uh, Dr. Samparnia of New York University's Langone Medical, Medical Center, he conducted one of the largest studies there of NDEs. And he talks about how the brain upon physical death doesn't automatically just shut down. Mm. It goes through mm. this process of decay, which allows them to study the intricacies of the brain wow. and all of that. So there's even spikes in the EEGs when people have, have passed on where it shows that maybe that's could be a little sign of maybe consciousness actually existing after death. It's it's just so fascinating. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Yes, you're I mean, you're right. I mean, there have been studies out there, especially beliefs in different cultures. I know like um Buddhism mm -hmm. has their own like philosophy and and learning. Yeah you know, what happens when we pass on, especially, I can't remember the name of the book. Oh my God. It's on the tip of my tongue. I think it's like the, the book of life or death or the, the book of death. It's like a Buddhist book that talks about what happens after we pass on. And yeah, um, exactly. I mean, I've, I've heard this book in passing many times, which is um, something that I've always been recommended to read too. But yes, the study of NDEs, that is also a very mm -hmm. fascinating study. And if anyone can um, mm. research articles at their local night library about near-death experiences, yes. you'd be pretty surprised what you come across, um, especially with the human mind. Like the biggest mm -hmm. mysteries for me is the ocean space and our, like our bodies, our mind. Really? Oh, absolutely. Bryce, we've talked about it too. Like how like our minds can be so powerful that they could create so much chaos. Like when people talk to me about, um, poltergeist, they're like, well, is it a ghost? I'm like, no, it's us. It is us. That yeah. See that? Yeah. That phenomenon. And the whole thing of exactly. You bring up a good point too. Tulpas too. Yeah, girl. Yes. Tulpas. That, that should be a gourd. classification right there. You know, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother discussion, but exactly. I think you bring up a good point on yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And the Philip so. experiment, people um, oh, are yes. familiar with the Philip experiment. And then after that, in the nineties came the Skippy experiment, which was, mm -hmm. uh, was uh, a follow-up to it, but it does prove um, that we can create a ghost with the power of our minds. And not there a lot of people know this too, but the Philip experiment was actually 10 years of this group meeting time and time again, mm -hmm. creating this ghost there of Philip that actually they manifested with their thoughts. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. It so is crazy. And it's one of those things too, where especially in the last 20 years, you have these locations that have been investigated day in and day out by different mm. groups all year long. So then you there, then it breaks off into two categories, what I call authentic paranormal phenomena mm. or activity that yeah. exists independent of what any humans may inadvertently cause or mm. influence, right? Right. It just exists by itself. And then you have the whole batch or percentage of what all these groups have caused by coming mm. in. And so you have to sift through that and it makes it much more difficult. That so. is, yes, I, I'm getting goosebumps right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, we kind of, I guess we could slowly segue into this too. Um, for those who are wondering, well, how come my mm. animal hasn't made communication with me? Or how can I try to communicate with my animal? What do you recommend um, mm. for those individuals to do? to make that communication or to open up to a visitation? Yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, my mm -hmm. advice is just to be open to it because I'm going to go back to that principle of everyone has the ability to channel 
and uh, be psychic and communicate with spirits. Everyone has that ability. Just some people are maybe not as aware or maybe consciously or even subconsciously consciously try to shut that down. Yes. So I would just, and then, and then also what comes into play too is if you believe that your animal, even though he or she is physically gone, is still still has life and is still present that's going to help too so just it's in, it's an intention thing mm. so set out the intention that you want to communicate with your animal you want to have some sort of experience you want to know that they're there mm. put that intention out and then allow the experiences to flow as they naturally will that's just how what i would suggest uh with now with kaylee i never would have envisioned the dream visitations that i had they just happened. Mm. So, you know, and, I, and then with grieving too, the grief is so hard and everyone goes through the stages of grief in different mm. ways. Yeah. But I know another, another uh, thing that helped me were social or not social group. Well, social groups. I can't believe when I said <laughs> that support <laughs> groups is what I was mm. trying to say. Yes. So those really help too. And talking to people like we're doing right now and talking about mm. it and having that camaraderie there really helps. Another thing I did too after, and I'm getting kind of in the grief here. Sorry about that. But another thing I did too after Max and Kaylee passed is I went out to the nursery and I got a, a nice plant, a succulent, mm. and I planted it. You know, little things like that. Uh, I urns now. I know some people may not want to do this, but I have their urns. It's not a shrine or anything, but I have their urns in a in a uh, on a shelf somewhere, mm. and I have like their pictures. Mm-hmm. buy it and all of that so little things that you can do but talking to people support groups can really really be helpful and just live their legacy yes. you know how how did they what did they do for you while they were here you know what are the things that they taught you and live out their legacy mm-hmm. that way so that is true yeah, yeah that's what I'm, I'm planning to do with Mia she has um, gone through the process well she's currently going through the process of aquamation and I don't know if you oh. have, yeah. So I, I mean, the, the hospital was wonderful. I mean, they immediately put me, um, they had, uh, some representatives contact me like, you know, what do you want to do with her remains? Do you want to come and see them? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, because that's her shell that, that is just mm-hmm. her shell. And in my belief, like her soul is in transition right now are ready to see me or ready to see her dad. And, um, and, um, they were like, well, we're, she's going to be um, transferred to this location here in Los Angeles is called hearts and halos. And Aww. the gentleman that runs it, um, I believe it's, oh, wow. I think Kay- um, Kayla on her podcast, um, interviewed him, but he started this small little business called hearts and halos in Redondo beach. And it was because of the mass demand of COVID um, casualties. So because he was in, he's in the, um, the funeral industry, he did cremations. He felt that the cremations Mm. were very aggressive and also environmentally harmful. So there is a process. I don't know if you guys are familiar with aquamation. I actually, to be honest with you, never heard of it. Part no, of that now, I know me neither. And I had to, familiar. they sent me the video and everything. So aquamation actually is the breakdown of the body's muscles and um, other, you know, parts. And what they do mm-hmm. is they place the body in this like large container and they mm. fill it up with water and alkaline. And I think it's like a certain percentage of lye and they wait for it to, mm-hmm. for the body to deteriorate oh. to bone. Okay. 
And then they take the bone and they compound it. And those are the remains. It's environmentally wow. friendly. It's less aggressive. And you get 15 to 20%. Yeah, you get 15 to 20%. Uh, it's not ashes, but it's like a powder. It's their bones. And right, that, right. yeah, so it worked out for me because, you know, my husband and I always wow. talked about, like, even before Mia passed, we're like, you know, she passes, I want to disperse her some of her remains at a beach because she loved it was so weird she oh, loved yeah hated the water oh. so, <laughs> sure. Same. yes she loved to see like she hated the water oh my god it was funny to put her in the water she's like no we're not doing this and um <laughs> and that is something that um before her passing we went to santa barbara went to the beaches there and she had this like look of serenity and peace and everything oh, and i think that's where that's we're gonna wonderful. do yeah, so oh, that's so special. Yeah. It's really, really special. How long does that process process take usually? It takes two weeks. Uh, yeah, and I okay. know that they do it for humans as well. And um, I think it ranges mm. around the same price as a cremation almost, but it does okay take a little longer. But it's less aggressive on the body, and it's it's a gentler process. And you get more of them sent back to you, which is really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the way they handle it yes. and the way that they did the transaction with me, it was it was very positive. And Oh, um, that's so good. And the reality of it is when your pet passes, it's like sometimes these vets, they charge like $1,500. And to be honest and open, like this whole process costs me $356 for Mia. Wow. But I have the ante on. That is like, amazing. I was like, no, she's not going to be put in that, you know, that generic box. No, and we were like, no, she's going to be getting this, the cedar box with this glass yeah. on it. And this, her name. Uh-huh. Gonna be spelled that way. Yeah. yeah. I got, a, I got a necklace to put her remains in so she can travel with us. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. That was another I was thing. looking at yeah. those. Yeah. The beach, the beach is great too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of putting her ashes back somewhere in a place that she loved, I think is mm-hmm. really, really spiritual, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. yeah Kaylee's urn now Max you know because he's a man you know I just did the cedar box <laughs> and whatever but Kaylee I got this beautiful brass and it has mother of pearl which kind of brings in the Queen Mary a little bit because of the mother yeah. of pearl quartzite in the former first and third, third class pool so yeah it's really pretty another thing <laughs> I also wanted to bring up too is um this uh, the notion of like the pet loss and pet grief, how for some people, like it's, they feel like they're not validated that they're supposed to go to get over it and um, just move forward because it was just an animal. Like, what are your mm. thoughts on it too, Nicole? And also definitely your thoughts on it too, Bryce, because mm. I remembered, like, we talked about this too, when a mm. dog passes or any animal passes, like for some of us, we immediately want to fill that void and not mm-hmm. go through the motions of that grieving process but we feel like that grieving process is not validated especially mm-hmm. in our society yeah you know this is a good topic and everyone's so different i think mm. those that are i'm try to say this in a way that i'm not like misunderstood but those that are just really really like genuine animal lovers they go through that grieving process and it's like i it's one of those situations where i'm not sure if we ever get over it or through we just learn Mm -hmm. to to cope with the new normal Mm. but i know for me i can't just go out and get another animal i've already had like five or six people ask me so when you're getting another cat 
you know, me I have my, tw- my 22 year old cat, you know, that's been with me since college. Yeah. But when are you getting another cat? And it's like, that may work for some people, totally. We're all different. But I know for me, I need to process and get through. And I, in a way, I leave it up to Max and Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Let me know when it's time, mm-hmm. you know, and who knows, they can reincarnate perhaps into another animal and right. you end up getting with that animal. I've heard stories of that before. Wow. So everyone's different with with the whole grieving process, I mm-hmm. think, with that. But yeah, it's this I, I kind of get what you're saying too. Like in society, it's like, well, you're not supposed to grieve an animal. And I'm not saying that this is general, but some people mm-hmm. might believe, oh, well, you're not supposed to grieve an animal like you are a human. I, no, not true at all. You know, and that's if that love is there and you, you mm-hmm. have your animal as part of your family, then it's gonna be just as difficult, if not more. So that's a good that's a good point i think we're in a moment as a society in general where we are deconstructing the hierarchies of love and mm-hmm. the way oh, is yeah. that in the past you know it's a very traditional method of like the hierarchy is like spousal familial nuclear right. family like that is the penultimate goal for everybody mm-hmm. and then you would argue like religion maybe is the only thing that supersedes that and i think we're in an era as people start exploring what friendship love looks like and what polyamory looks like and mm-hmm. all these things that are sort of gradations that deviate from like the traditional yes. views on love and i think we're at a place where People are understanding, like I personally, not to tangent this entire thing, but it's like for me, having children is just like not interested in that. That is not a path that like I want to pursue. I'm, I that was me too. But yeah. with my friend's kid, I feel so connected and so protective, and all the things that you hear people say, like, well, this is like how you'll feel if it's your kid, and like that is we're coming into an era of like, right we are tribal creatures at our core and like being a part of his little tribe is fulfillment. That is love Mm -hmm. to your point, Nicole, of like, absolutely. The the love that you feel is not to be parsed and like Mm -hmm. rated as like what, which is more important. It's all just an outflow from you. Like that it's all love. So I, I hate because I think you're so right. Like that is like, so well said. My like, goodness. Why why would we parse like the love that you feel for an animal, the love that you feel for a human, the love that you feel for all the different relationships that we have in this exactly. life? Exactly. So I just think we are now starting to change the dialogue around what because I remember Tammy, we've talked about this. Like when our dog growing up died, you don't realize as a kid that it really is your parents' dog in many ways mm-hmm. you're at school all day. like what do you you don't know what's happening yeah uh and it's a different kind of grief and then you get as you become an adult you're like oh like I felt my heart grow when I adopted my dog like the Grinch full-on just like <laughs> oh it like hurt my chest like oh my god yeah. like this is and we had a very similar experience like my friend who went to with me to adopt him she like more or less stole him from a child's hands so like whatever <laughs> but there was like a fam like a bunch of kids holding him but they like weren't adopting and we like saw him across the room and she like beelined it and it was like that was it was the one it's meant to be right yeah. it's just yeah. 
That is a, yeah, that's exactly how I was with Mia. Like she had a five day hold because she had a, a collar, no tag and a chip, but no address. Mm. And I had, I was agonizing as wow. I'm like other oh people my gosh. reviewing Word. her. And I was like, no, this is my dog. Like no one's going to love yeah. her and take care of her. I know I, I would do the best job I would. And uh, she already had a lot of issues too, to begin with, mm -hmm. which were like, I I'm assuming were the precursors to what she was going through sure. as she was developing. But yeah, I just felt that mm -hmm. I felt that I was like, no, this is my dog. Like I even told my mm -hmm. husband who was like kind of adamant at first, he was like, I don't know, but it, you know, if you want her, I'm all for it. And yeah. what are the odds of finding a boxer at a shelter? And there this, you go. Yeah. And there she was. And she was the sweetest yeah. one, the quietest one out of uh, an aisle of barking dogs. Like there she was. And she was mm. just like ready to be like ready to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I wonder if they choose us on the way too. you know, I forgot to mention when, when I mm. went to view Max and Kaylee and I, their names, I believe were Joey and Beauty, and so I, of course, renamed them. Weird. My dog's name is Joey. Oh, how funny! So weird. Yeah. I had a bird. I had a bird named Joey too. I, I was, was like, like cockatiel. He's not a Joey. This is not, this is not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but there was another application on them, and so again, this was right after the 2003 San Diego wildfires, right. and so there was another applicant on application on them. So I applied, blah blah blah, and maybe about four or five days went by, and so I cleaned my entire apartment like really wow. well, disinfecting the floors just in anticipation that I, that they chose me. So I call, and it was through the rescue house here in San Diego, and I call, and, and I and I'm like, you know, this is Nicole, I'm just checking up on the application, mm -hmm. and I said, you know, I I know there's another applicant out there, but I just so you know I disinfected my apartment floors mm -hmm. just in case, and they were like so like happy about that, and they're like, mm -hmm. you know what? you are the right owner they're yours and I, I you know their cat the other applicant's cat did pass in the fire so I don't know if that influenced them but it, you know what it was just meant to be yeah what's meant to be is meant to be you can't you know it's gonna happen yes exactly I 100% believe in that <laughs> it's um, funny how it works have you ever investigated locations of places that have had animal ghosts? Like people have seen a black cat roaming around this, mm -hmm. the location or dog. So that like also is a testament that, you know, they yep. still linger around. They do. Mm -hmm. They totally do. Absolutely. And there's one place uh -huh. you're based out of San Diego, right? Yes. Um, the Whaley House does mm -hmm. have a couple of animal ghosts. I don't know if you're familiar with their apparitions and their furry apparitions, but apparently there is a ghost of a dog and a ghost. Yeah, of Dolly, I believe. Dolly yeah. the dog. Yes. People will feel her come up. They'll hear her bark. They'll hear her little clickety-clack nails. Mm -hmm. There are people that'll say, oh, I felt something lick my ankle or oh. lick my shoe or, lick, or you know, lick, lick my foot. It's supposed to be her. So yeah. Wow. Rancho Buena Vista Adobe is another place where I've I've done tours there right now because of the pandemic, they're still kind of on hiatus. But yeah, there's phantom horses in there. Amazing. Uh, that we've heard. I mean, it's just crazy. It well, is. We, haven't, we haven't really talked about it, but I think the other side of this coin is that with many animals but especially like cats and horses like mm -hmm. these are animals that on this side are also in many ways one foot or perceiving other yes realms people energies whatever you actually want to label it as that's fine i'm not here to label it but there's so many animals that are 
tuned into something else that's happening um whether that's like animal instinct but it's it's such a strange like we've been talking about like bridges and meeting halfway and you astral project and the cat like that that is what we experience before as well like especially i think with cats like they're so in tune Mm -hmm. to something whatever that and like horses the same thing so it's like then when on the flip side we're experiencing them posthumously it's like well that's yes they're not physically with us but that's really not that much different than what they were experiencing yeah prior that is very true that That is is very very true and i you know with animals i'm wondering if it's just because they lack that distracting ego that we humans Mm. have and they're just more in touch with the divine i think than than we are at times and maybe that allows them to uh be able to feel and connect with the metaphysical a little bit more and they're not self-censoring they're Mm -hmm. not self-doubting like those things don't exist for them exactly they're like children like like i mean Mm. we've heard stories of children that could see you know the ghost of nana oh like nana's here Uh, nana died five years ago what so um i feel like even with mia i took her on i took her to an investigation at the Glen tavern inn and there was one point where i took she heard something outside of our room at 2 30 in the morning and it sounded like kids and i was like mia what do you hear she's like let's go outside and investigate (laughs) And she ran for some reason out of the blue. One moment she ran to the lobby and she was looking for something. And I was like, what are mm. you looking for? Are you, oh are you looking for food? Like, are, are you that hungry? She was always hungry. But um, <laughs> I was like, let's go. I'm tired. There's nothing here. We tried to do sessions, nothing. And I was like, I thought she was behind me. And I turned around and she was sitting at the foot of the staircase. And she was looking at the banister, like looking up. And I'm like, oh, God, no, Mia. <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. And I... I have to find the picture, but I took a picture and you can see this. I don't know how to explain it. It's like an anomaly. It was like this like little cloud of light. I can't explain oh. it. And she's looking at it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 we're going upstairs to the room. So <laughs> we're, we're not doing this. Um, right isn't that one of the claims though there? Aren't there kids spotted in the hallways? Yeah, the yeah like cabin? especially there's the woman in white, um, the kids in the second level. And sometimes yes, yeah, the bottom level too. They're everywhere. Oh but I heard kids at one point out when we were in the room. And I'm like, no, they can't be running around. It's 2.30 in the morning. And there was a family staying there, but no one was awake. Like it was very no, yeah, yeah. You'd be able was... to tell, you'd hear you them. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Wow. But um, moving forward, um, we have fifteen more minutes. Um, I'm sure a lot of us are wondering, Nicole. Let's talk about a little gal named Mary. There's something about Mary. Little gal. <laughs> for a little. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, truly not. Oh my gosh. In 15 minutes. Oh, in 15 minutes, know. you wrote a That's couple of books so... on the Grand Dame Queen Mary. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. It, you know what? I'm going to try to condense this because of time, but it's okay. Queen we got to go over. We got to go over. They're like, we must hear I'll try everything because yeah. I know our listeners are obsessed with the ship and we've, yeah. to tell you guys the truth, like we haven't covered it because it's been it's been so it's, it's so over- overly right. yeah and, and every I, show that i go on they're always asking me and i love talking about the ship i yeah. love it i do but i know what you mean it <laughs> is so let me share the introduction that i had to the queen mary okay so okay. this occurred in the year 2000 so i 
was a junior in college and we came back out here to SoCal for spring break. So mm. my friend's parents stayed in Huntington Beach. So we were there. She drove us to the Carnival Cruise Port, which is right adjacent to the where the Queen Mary's docked right now in Long Beach. And so my first introduction to the ship was from the backseat of a car. And I just remember looking at the Queen mm. Mary in total awe, even boarding the carnival. I was watching it as we were sailing away until I couldn't see her anymore. <laughs> and I, I made a mental note. I said, I will be back there someday. So that day came in 2005. Wow. Parked my car, you know, took the elevator, walked up the gangway on uh, A deck, which is where the uh, hotel lobby check-in area is. A is one of the hotel decks, M, A, and B. And so, and this is, again, very hard to explain in words. But the second I stepped foot aboard the ship, I felt at home. I felt mm. very familiar. I felt like I had been there before. The surroundings were extremely familiar. Wow. And so a lot of people I've had past life regressionists contact me and others saying, you know, you have a past life aboard. You were maybe a nurse. You were this or that. Whatever wow. the case is, there's just this connection that I had with the Queen Mary and in all these years, because I, you know, I don't just research the paranormal, I research the history as well, because yeah. those two go hand in hand. Yes. It would be yes. a disservice to the ship to not honor its history, right? Exactly. So, uh, so I, that's what I do. And, and, and it's just, it's my second home and, and it's such a love. But I learned throughout the years that this same draw, other people had. Uh, former Commodores, captains, uh, crew members, World War II servicemen, war brides. There's a core group of us now that are very good friends and we meet on the ship frequently, sometimes for mm. during events and things like that. But they too have this draw. And I remember Captain John Treasure Jones when he brought the Queen Mary in uh, to Long Beach on mm. December 9th, 1967. So she was retiring in Long Beach after her 1,001st voyage, right? Wow. He said something to the effect of the Queen Mary is as closest to a human being of any ship I've ever commanded. So that leads me to my next spot or my next point. And this may sound funny to some people. Some people may think I'm nuts. That's fine. After all the hours and days and nights I've spent on board, I do believe in my heart that the Queen Mary is sentient. I think wow. that the ship is very wow. much alive. Oh, yeah. Has thought has feeling and she connects with those she connects with everyone because one of her claims to fame was bridging the old world with the new and bringing people together she's done yes. that since her inception wow. but she really connects with those that can really tap into her soul and i think in terms of paranormal activity there's this super connection between the ship as one gigantic spirit and the resident energies and those that come through and so there's this interplay between that. And I think that's what makes the Queen Mary so special in terms of a lot of her spiritual energy, but just a phenomenal, phenomenal historical tapestry. And it saddens me, the people that go on board that want to, let's say, investigate the paranormal and all they care about is the paranormal and they don't even want to learn about what this ship did for humanity. Mm. And that saddens me. So I'm attracted to the ship. Okay, yes, I'm a paranormal investigator. Don't get me wrong. I've investigated many times. But that's not like the reason why I love the Queen Mary. I love the Queen Mary for who she is and what, and what she mm. stands for. So mm -hmm. there's that deep connection there. So, yeah, I agree. But I've had many, 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 many encounters on board. <laughs> oh, yes. But I so. think so often we talk about like uh, whether a space 
is fully sentient or mm -hmm. partially or if it's just energy that's manifesting there there's so many different versions of that sentiment and yet we talk about this all the time and you see not to like name names or call anyone out but you see <laughs> these people and they go in and they're like kicking doors in and they're screaming oh. and they're like possess me and like throwing I know yeah and that look again that there is a path for everyone and if that works for them great but when you think about respect for a space that space will then return that respect to you and That's so if you exactly are there mm-hmm. not that it can you know I'm not saying like well it's withholding if you're not respectful and it's forthcoming if you are but it just makes so much more sense in my head like right enter a space with the respect of the history that has happened exactly because that's like the bare minimum that you can do it just drives me insane oh I'm with you on that it is a thorn in my side and we you talked we talked earlier about too the whole like psychokinetic creation Mm. and us creating there may be a little bit of that going on with the Queen Mary and a lot of these other Mm. places that are just investigated all the time right so but beside that I there's just a lot of very authentic energy going on Mm -hmm. on the Queen Mary and again I think it's just what helps that is it's like the ship is one big giant capacitor Mm -hmm. and then you have these these resident human energies even those that might come through and pass Mm -hmm. through uh it's it's just a really special place but yeah I'm with you on that I it just it it just baffles me and Mm -hmm. just annoys me when people just go in and just don't want to learn about the history and 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 what that place or ship or what what not accomplished and the respect and reverence i i sometimes feel like i preach about it not preaching i don't preach but that i talk about it and and uh highlight it too much because it just drives me nuts it drives me especially with a place like that where you know it is old like there are locations that are no longer accessible because people Mm -hmm. have been disrespectful like you can't even walk on certain portions anymore so it's like as it becomes more fragile it only becomes more important to have these conversations about respect in the space and well we can't have nice things we can never have nice things things. i know so i did a a paranormal walkthrough of the queen mary Mm. two months ago and they took me to room b340 and i have thoughts Mm. on b340 um i actually (laughs) <laughs> many thoughts um and we so always do I. We always, <laughs> if you know yeah. the truth about room b3 uh 340 then we're friends all right and nicole mm-hmm. already knows that we're already friends all right um yep, i know <laughs> and um if you really do your research and look into what disney turned it into oh, many years ago exactly. and what it actually inspired what real room it expired inspired the story to happen that you'll understand but mm. um because of the influence because of these uh, social media stars and these youtubers coming in um they've made a mockery in my opinion of this room and they've really exacerbated yes. the space but at the same time like the i guess the company is like actually promoting it as haunted and now they have a ouija board and a crystal ball so they're just like kind of like motioning you to do these things um that you shouldn't be doing and um and now they can't rent out the room for several months because they're trying to renovate it but at the same time people keep on stealing things from the room 
So now oh, they stole, yeah. oh I, yeah, they stole some things inside of the room from what the gentleman told me because he gave us a tour inside the room, which was really interesting. And second, they keep on stealing the room number outside. So no one oh, yes. ever find it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like when I say we can't have nice things, especially uh. in a normal world, we can't have nice things because people want to go in and it, you know, up. one can ruin it for the for everyone. I know of stories. I've been told that people, you know, steal artifacts. Like mm-hmm. uh, someone, I guess, walked out with one of those old original fans. Oh yes, I don't remember oh, yeah. what room that was. It's that it's just oh the lack of respect, and it's obviously that person doesn't get it. You know, I can mm-hmm. be on board and pretty much be like, okay, that person kind of gets it. That is oblivious. They just treat it like a venue. And it's mm-hmm. so much more than that. Yes. It, it's they treat it's it she's like so a much venue. more than that. Yes. I mean, we have to remember people died on board the Queen Mary. People lived out luxury and opulence on the Queen Mary, all the way to those that were scared to death sailing on board during World War II. So it's seen all these levels of emotion throughout the years, not to mention that it saved, it lessened along with other ships lessened world war ii by at least two years saved many men women and children it's done so much for humanity and people don't realize that and another thing too that cracks me up this ship is nearing 100 right Mm -hmm. okay so she was built and built and launched in 34 1934 right Mm -hmm. so people will complain about every little crack oh there's a the glass is broken here there's you know would you go up to an older elderly woman and expect her to be in just absolute perfect condition no so it's the same thing it just drives me drives me nuts but i know i don't want to be i don't want to be pessimistic but you find when you are on the ship and you're sort of around people that you're experiencing that does that interfere with the feeling that you are experiencing or are they kind of are you able to like separate it like how does that happen yeah yeah, no, I'm able to separate it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm able to separate that uh, totally when I'm on yeah. board. Uh, but it's just it's it's just a phenomenal place. And wow. it's uh, a war bride. One of our really good friends, June Allen, she was among mm-hmm. the first uh, wave of war brides that sail on the Queen Mary. She puts it like this. She said, the Queen Mary chooses you. She mm. chooses yeah. those that can. And I know that may sound weird to those that don't get it. Or whatever but if you've ever been to a place that you've been drawn to mm-hmm. you might understand it and so that the queen mary is that place for me and many others wow. so yeah agreed um i really believe like um that she definitely has an energy and she has a presence and she definitely leaves an imprint on a lot of people there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that feel just like you nicole they're, they're mm-hmm. like yeah. i have to come here like once a week um, yes. or I, I gotta like visit her like once a month because they feel like mm-hmm. this very like weird connection to her which is very very yes. interesting and it's interesting um, and it's not don't feel weirded out about it it's actually if you can feel that that's to me that's a beautiful thing mm. so do you believe in vortexes because yeah. a lot of people believe that there's um, like several vortexes on the ship I actually think the entire ship is a portal in, in <laughs> one way go. or another, That's just because it's too. like, <laughs> you know, it's a bridge. It's it's just for mm-hmm. some reason, it's a bridge. One of my friends put it as he said, I, you know, he thinks the Queen Mary is like the eighth wonder of the world. There's just mm-hmm. some something there. And I don't know if we're supposed to understand it completely as mortals, but it's there. 
and it's just something that's very uh fascinating oh. mm-hmm. so well and the thing is i'd love to go aboard with you oh, guys one time. oh my god we, we love totally that. Do oh, that i know our right? listeners love to see bryce <laughs> I'm very brave. How dare you? Well, we might be able to. I think we we would love to do an overnight. So, I mean, we we have that. We have our Patreon supporters, you know, donating, and I think that we could definitely put some money into the pile. Yeah, so get cool. a night totally. so we can spend the night there, Bryce. I will bring a blankie. It's fine. Yeah, we could maybe rent out <laughs> one of the suites. Eva, Are there any? Really cool. How about this? Are there any animal ghosts that have been seen on the Queen Mary? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah, they had dogs and cats uh, that sailed on board. There's actually, and I have had many experiences down in the former first and third class pool in the women's changing room area no uh, way cats hearing cats there was one time i was a, a guest on uh, a paranormal investigation tour and we were all in the women's changing room area and this one gal said oh something just touched my ankle and so then we i saw something come out of that stall walk it stopped and meowed right in front of all of us. And it was actually captured on recorder. It walked out of the entrance to the, to the changing rooms. And then we all saw it walk back in. It was shadowy form, but you could make out the tail, the four legs. And so, yeah, that's the ghost cats in the, in that area are common. That is Mm -hmm. so crazy. I didn't realize how many animal ghosts there were, but that is true that we had, you know, uh, furry friends travel aboard the ship even birds and reptilians and stuff that were you know part of like their guests you know that entered this ship and absolutely i also yeah. want to know you to pick your brain a little bit we have a couple more minutes um what is your thoughts on jackie okay yeah jackie <laughs> jackie jackie okay so jackie <laughs> jackie oh gosh she's so okay to my knowledge, based on the research I have and, and others have done, there's no forensic evidence to suggest mm-hmm. that a girl passed in either the former first and third class pool or the second class pool. Thank now, you. Peter James, God bless him, mm-hmm. was the late resident psychic in the 90s. He apparently coined Jackie and felt in his opinion that she passed in the second class pool. That may be. Uh, I'm not so sure. I've had mm. my own theories. Maybe she comes from the Titanic. Uh, maybe somehow she did pass away. Maybe, uh, I, you know, I have different theories and I kind of have a far out theory about her. I do think she's real. I really do. Is there a made up psychokinetic, like hologram mm. version of her from the scores of people going in? Maybe there's something there with that, but I do believe she's real. And uh, I almost feel that in some way or another that she's like the personification of the ship itself. Mm. So you have like the femininity, you have the young innocence and all of that. I'm not saying that Jackie is the personification of the ship's spirit. No, but I just think for some reason, in my opinion and in my experience, other energies that are that are resident energies on board seem mm-hmm. to know who she is. So she might have some sort of like ambassador or spokesperson role. But uh, she's commonly seen in that pool area. But I she's I've seen her elsewhere. I've heard her elsewhere. Uh, young girl, I've seen her. And if you picture Shirley Temple, that's mm-hmm. kind of what she looks like. Just I think she's very advanced spiritually. Mm-hmm. in my opinion just 
you know, and this is just my opinion. Yeah. I, I could be totally, totally wrong. No, but no, go for it. I want to hear you it. No, I, I vacillated. I'm like, gosh, is she real or is she made up after all these years? And it's like, right. I do think there's a real her on board, but there might be some psychokinetic stuff going on as well separate from the real version i'm in that uh, same i don't boat. know no pun intended i'm in that same boat with you <laughs> yeah with yeah that. i was gonna ask what your thoughts are on that because exactly i get that thoughts. question a lot well it's funny because i've had a couple of people message me and okay i've had a couple <laughs> sorry i've had a couple people message me and they're like i've been on the ship i've i've traveled to the pool this was several years ago and um jackie's no longer there i helped her cross over i'm like you and four oh. other people within the past span of seven years have told right. me do you know how many times i've heard that i've yeah. probably heard that 20 times like mm -hmm. i felt her go through me i felt her cross over and i'm like well that's funny because five other people mm -hmm. felt the same way too within a span of like this time frame um i yeah i feel like people feel like they really have a connection to the ship and they have this power where they can like really control what's on there but really you can't like no you can't poor. yeah <laughs> i should bring up a good point you know that's a and maybe not everyone agrees with me and that's fine but mm -hmm. i don't i don't prefer i don't like it when people say i crossed someone over yeah well if it's an intelligent entity that entity would have made the decision yes. to to move on you would have helped facilitate Right. But I always feel like, do you take credit for that? Mm -hmm. Do we have ownership over a spirit like that? No, we don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so Knowing I, don't... I ask as a spirit, I'm like, I already hate to be told what to do. Like, excuse uh, me, I want to stay here a little longer on this ship. I don't yeah. want to be crossed yeah. over. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie's been Hollywoodized, sadly, yeah. as, as at some yeah. others on board. Mm -hmm. uh, even but... if what they're feeling is like what they actually felt so many times with confirmation bias it could be like our dreams are often our subconscious giving us what it thinks that we want that's so you're having true. this dream and you're like why am i having this dream like that i hate it and your subconscious is like i don't know you're hungry for this like here just have it <laughs> and i think there's an element of that where it's like i'm gonna be the one that helps her pass over and whatever's there is like yeah here you go like here that's you what you need Great. that's an ego thing it's such it's an ego. ego thing it's just yeah, ego it's, it's ego that's exactly what it is Mm -hmm. I oh agree my gosh. and that we see a lot of that in the paranormal here in, in the oh, unfortunately yeah. unfortunately I like I, I've been seeing this quite often like the call it's always coming from within the house like it's it it's mm -hmm. like I feel like at times we do more damage than what we think yeah. is good and Absolutely. when it comes to the Queen Mary I feel like that is such a a great observation and a testament mm -hmm. that we need to really nurture the history and honor mm -hmm. those who passed on the ship and not make a mockery yes. out of it absolutely and, thank you so much for saying that and thank that you. is something i i mean i've tried i think that's why you know bryson and myself hesitated to always do an episode on it because i've always wanted to do it justice and yeah. mm -hmm. um i mean there's i mean there's so many parts that we could go on with the queen mary it's just and that's the thing it keeps on continuously going on there's constantly mm -hmm. like something always happening on the ship and and there's oh, i know so many there's... like yeah it's so many youtubers yeah, there's so many holes too. And mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it could get complicated too when you're talking about mm -hmm. it. And I, I've heard many different types of podcasts say 20 different things about its history. And I'm like, well, what's true? Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty hard to get a, a precise count of everything that has occurred on that ship. But <laughs> yeah. um, that's so true. It's yeah. so true. And sadly, it's been Hollywoodized. 
Oh yeah. If it brings <laughs> the ship money, that's a good thing. But then on the other hand, I'm I tend to be protective and you know, but uh, it, it's it's one of those things. It's like I, I think that oh gosh, this is gonna sound so crazy again. <laughs> uh and I coming from me, but it's like I think she she's in charge in some way or another. Mm. Like she will no, she eventually is. get what she wants, you know. It's like this I don't know. I know that sounds weird and crazy, but no, because like she was closed for a while and people were really worried about her. They're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, is she going to be, you know, um, taken apart and sold or sunken and, you know, sunken the Atlantic somewhere? And I'm like, I doubt it. I think she, mm-hmm. she can't, she can't go away. This is too much of a huge piece of history, especially for yeah. the city, you know, of Long Beach. Like there's just no way it's a big tour spot you know and i oh, don't huge i don't think huge. they will get rid of her that way she's not going to go down no 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 no, no. i no. think she's be around no. for a very long time. and now that the city of long beach is now in control which hasn't exactly. been done since what 1978 i believe wow. that's mm-hmm. good in my opinion that's mm-hmm. that's a good move so yeah, Agreed. yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so much yes. for thank you guys part of our podcast. We're we're definitely gonna have you back on because this yeah, is sure amazing. And um, you know, props to you being a female in this industry too, because we rarely do see that. And yeah. um it's just been an honor to sit down and talk to you yes. and just like kind of pick your brain on many things. Oh. And thank you so much. Likewise, likewise, I, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I feel a kinship with you, you know, it's kind of like the same viewpoints that the same mm-hmm. level of respect, you know, like we're coming from the same, I guess the same point, which mm-hmm. is really neat. So thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much. All about synchronicities, right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I wouldn't have been I introduced to you had I not heard this podcast, but I mean, this podcast popped up and I, you were the first episode I listened to and I felt like we needed to do this, but, um, please like drop any handles, drop any projects, any talks where people can stop you, where people can find you. (laughs) So, okay. So my, my website, author, nicolestrickland.com. That's my main one there. My team's website is San Diego paranormal research.com. I need to update it. It's kind of crappy right now. (laughs) Um, let's see Facebook. Uh, my main page is at Nicole D Strickland. And then of course, Instagram uh, at author Nicole Strickland and then Twitter. I I'm on it, but I don't go on it that much. Uh, it's just me. I need to get better with it. The yeah. acronym there or the handle there is that SDPRS Nicole. And then let's see, I have like 12 presentations coming up. It's just one of those crazy years, okay. libraries and, and wow. online conferences yeah. and whatnot. And then some podcasts and then uh a tentative filming project I can't talk about now, but uh, but then also uh, the Afterlife Chronicles is on hiatus. I'm kind of revamping it, so I'll let you guys know when that uh, debuts. But Haunted Voices Radio, I co-host with Todd Bates through WLTKDB, oh. and that's Thursday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific. So, and we would love to have you both on that show if you guys oh want. Let us amazing. know. Let us know when yeah. we'll be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean. Todd would just love you guys. And I think that'd be an amazing, amazing show to have yeah, you both on. When. So we'll yeah. have come on board. Definitely. Oh my totally. God. Totally. Oh my fun. gosh. This has been such a fun. What is it? Like an hour? Oh my gosh. It's an hour and a half. It's been, <laughs> it's so been an fun. hour and 23 minutes. I, I mean, it's fine. It's, We're going to go over. We had a lot to talk about and I know it's it, so fun. It, goes it by really, fast. it really did help. It did help me a lot in my process, and I know it's going to help many people because, um, 
I mean, I received a lot of people's messages of condolences, Mm -hmm. but also their stories of loss and grief, like people who have lost animals 15 years ago and they still get a tear Mm -hmm. in their eye. Like it never goes away. And those feelings, if I could end it, it's, it, it, there are validated those Animals are not just animals. They're our family. They're our soulmates. They're everything to us. If they were able to sleep in our beds or sleep by our sides, they're yeah, our family. And they're our kinships. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I was, I don't know if we have time. I was going to um, read. No, go for it. Go poem. for it. I have to find, should have queued it up earlier, but I was going to read this poem. It's opening up in Microsoft Word that my mom wrote here i'm seeing if it's, it'll open i don't want to keep you guys over no, 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 it's just right ahead, i don't because... know why my f- stupid word is like taking forever to open <laughs> okay this is just um very very quick my mom wrote this Aww. and it's one of those poems that just sticks with your heart my mom's a really good poet mm. so this is what she wrote when uh her cat trixie passed many years ago and years ago and this is what she said Go to sleep, my little ones, for your journey has just begun to frolic in the meadows and bask beneath the sun. No loneliness for you when you awake today. So close your eyes and go to sleep and love will will lead the way. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I'm starting to cry. Um, yeah. So don't cry. That's really beautiful. Cry. And then I'm going to, then Bryce is going to ugly cry. <laughs> oh, y'all know. I'm already. Know. We can all have yeah. an ugly cry, but it, that yeah. is there we go. Absolutely that was really beautiful. Awesome. I know. Thank I you. Yeah, my mom wrote that. So. so lovely. That is very lovely. Once again, Nicole. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And to everyone out there that is going through pet loss or mm. has gone through it or is currently going through it right now, um, you're not alone. And real quickly, I'm just going to drop some um, two podcasts that I really want you guys to listen to. And if it helps support our listeners, they've been helping me tremendously. And obviously, um, Nicole knows knows this one very well. It's the Rainbow Bridge Connection, the Pet Loss mm-hmm. Support Podcast hosted by Kayla. And this other one is really great. It's called the Pet Loss Companion. It is led by two mm-hmm. pet grief counselors. And they also host a show on YouTube as a live show, I think once or twice a week where you could go on there and wow. share your pet loss story. It's been mm-hmm. such a great therapeutic listen because it really does show you that you're not alone, that are people suffering the loss of their beloved animals, whether they're furry, yeah. feathery, or reptilian, it doesn't matter. We've all like gone through it or going through mm-hmm. it right now. So yeah. once That's again, good. Nicole, thank you. We'll see you very soon. We know yeah. I we know. I already know it. I already want to go to the Oh city. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Come on down. Oh my gosh. Totally. Oh, totally. Go to Queen Mary, do all that good stuff. San Diego, yes. you bet. Thank you guys so we'll much you know. tonight. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Nicole, and have a wonderful night. And much love you to too. you guys. This episode is dedicated to Mia Marie Chavez, one of the best fur babies in the world. (laughs) All of them are. And this also is dedicated to those who have lost their furry loved ones or even feathery loved ones or reptilian pets. Regardless, they were our pets and they were part of our family and they will never be forgotten. And I just want to leave with this one antidote. With grief, it can be the shadow that follows us after loss, but also reminds us of the light that once shone.
Once again, another huge thank you to paranormal researcher and author and mother of cats, Nicole Strickland. If you want to learn more about Nicole or follow her on her social media, you can find her at www.authornicolestrickland.com or www.sandiegoparanormalresearch.com and www.spiritedqueenmary.com if you want to learn more about her writings and her books in regards to the almighty Queen Mary here in Long Beach, then we highly recommend that you do. And you can find her on Facebook and Instagram at author Nicole Strickland, at Twitter at SDPRSNicole. And you can also find her and her paranormal research group on Facebook, which is SDPRS. If you love Hollywood Paranormal and you want to follow us and find out more about us, then you can follow us on our website at www.hollywoodparanormal.com. You could get caught up with past episodes and seasons, shop our merch store, and even find more information about our Patreon and where you can follow us on social media. We are found on Facebook and Instagram at Hollywood Paranormal, as well as on Threads, and we are at at HWP podcast on the formerly known Twitter website, which is now X. Okay, speaking of Patreon, you can head on over and support the podcast on Patreon. We're at www.patreon.com forward slash Hollyweird Paranormal. For as little as $1 or more per month, you can actually indulge in a secret podcast that we have there. It's called Saturday Night Ghost Club. If you can't get enough of Hollyweird Paranormal Ghost Stories, well, we have some collected and recorded from the mouths of our neighbors, our friends and co-workers of their real life paranormal experiences. So they're all there ready to be listened to. You'll also be gifted in goodies such as stickers, magnets and coasters. And we'll also be providing with more video footage of our interview, such as this one with Nicole as well. If you have a few minutes, can you please pretty please head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star rating and review. It truly helps us indie podcasts casters out a lot helps us become a little more visible and if you have a real ghost story that you're dying to share with us no pun intended then send it on over to our email at hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com we're still collecting stories for our next listeners tales episodes okay friends always remember to take care of yourselves and each other and of course your animals your pets your fur babies hold them close for us tonight but most of all, we want you guys to always stay Holly Weird. Till next time, friends.